So welcome to this edition of NC Talks. I'm Lauren Pulling, editor of NeuroCentral, and today I'm joined by Professor Henrik Zetterberg from University College London and the University of Gothenburg. So thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So first, please could you tell us a little about your current roles? Yep, uh, so I work as a professor of neurochemistry, both in Gothenburg and Sweden, and I am the academic lead of the Fluid Biomarker Lab for the UCL site of the Dementia Research Institute. So how far has the field of blood-based biomarkers for neuronal injury come in the past few years, and what are the most promising candidates at present? It has come much further than I thought it would uh, have, uh, and that is much thanks to the advent of ultra-sensitive measurement techniques. So there has been actually uh, what I would call somewhat of a technological ex- re- revolution um, in terms of ultra-sensitive quantitative measurements of proteins mostly. And um, that technique has been advanced by uh, biotech companies and uh, research groups. Um, um, The basis of that technique is molecule counting. That is the the unifying concept that has made it possible to go down in concentrations um, uh, quite a bit. So now we can measure a lot of brain-derived proteins in the blood. And I thought uh, five years ago, or perhaps seven years ago, I thought that would have been impossible. Uh, In regards to some of these proteins, like tau and also beta-amyloid, we still do not see a very clear uh, disease-related signal in the blood. There is a signal, but it's not uh, as good as um, in terms of CSF or PET uh, biomarkers. Uh, But there is one uh, protein that stands out in this work, and that is neurofilament light, Mm -hmm. which is an axonal protein that somehow gets into the blood quite readily once an axon has been injured. And so... um of those you mentioned, do you think it's likely that we could see any of these biomarkers used for standardised screening in the near future, perhaps the next five years? Yep, I think so. So, for example, the neurofilament light test uh, can now be done on patient samples. And, um, but, but then one has to remember what this is a biomarker of, and this is a biomarker of axonal injury. In Alzheimer's disease, we know that amyloid starts to accumulate 10 or 20 years before mm-hmm. axonal injury or neuronal injury kicks in. Uh, So I would say that if you are, well, this is a little bit futuristic, but if you know your amyloid status, you know that you have amyloid in your brain, and, and, well, then you might also know that you can live with this amyloid for many years without it affecting your your neural function. Then one could potentially go for regular checkups of the neuroflammate light concentration in blood, and when it starts to rise then one starts to treat this amyloid pathology or detoxifying it. If you would like to prevent amyloid from building up in the brain, I think one would need a blood biomarker for amyloid pathology. So, And there we are not quite yet um, uh, at the moment, but there are promising data. Uh, We have an ultra-sensitive measurement technique um, uh, that is also now available where one can measure beta-amyloid peptides at a, a dilution where you can get rid of many matrix effects. Um, the research group in St. Louis in um, at Washington University, led by Randy Bateman, they have developed a mass-spec-based technique that does the same, and actually it looks even better with their technique. So I think that we are... Uh, it, I think that there might be an amyloid test in the near future too, and then we would also like to have a test, a blood test for tangle pathology, and that I think will take much longer. Mm. So perhaps looking at these amyloid and tau um, markers, 
what are the main challenges in finding these blood-based biomarkers and how could these be overcome? Yeah, the main, there are two main challenges. The first is the low concentration as such. Mm. The second is the matrix in which we measure them because that sort of ma- matrix is perhaps a, f- a fancy word for... Well, the fluid in which we measure them is full of other proteins and they, those other proteins are one million times as abundant as, as the, the molecules we are trying to measure. And there is a lot of them. Uh, there are many <laughs> such mm-hmm. proteins also. So we are trying to measure something which could be liked with a, a fraction of a sugar cube in an Olympic-sized swimming pool uh, in a quite muddy um, fluid. Uh, <laughs> difficult task. Yeah, it's, so that's a bit difficult. But, but I mean, it works it's, uh, to some extent. Um, now I came up with a third challenge here because so the concentration, the matrix, and then what the matrix does to the analyte. Mm. So for neurofilament light, it appears like you can have... The way we measure neurofilament light, we get a stable signal even if we freeze the sample, if we incubate it at 37 degrees for a long while, if we forget the sample at the bench, not much happens to the concentration. Tau, on the other hand, seems to be rapidly degraded in the blood. Mm. So it, there are enzymes that, that um, dig- chop up... Chops chop up uh, tau in small fragments that simply uh, escape from our measurement tools. Mm. Uh, so uh, I can probably come up with even more challenges now thinking about blood-based biomarkers, but concentration, the matrix, and what the matrix does to the analyte, those are the three main challenges. Yeah, and so finally, there's a lot of movement in um, sort of neurodegenerative biomarkers at the moment, mm. um, paired with a long, uh, growing public interest in yeah. screening and markers. Personally, what are you my, most excited that we might see in the next, say, five to ten years? Yeah, I, the, the, the big, big excitement uh, is that I think we will see... Since I've been working in biomarker research in relation to Alzheimer's disease, I, we have not seen any robust biomarker changes in response to treatment in any neurodegenerative disease. But now, with... Um, for example, the antisense targeting of Huntington, mm. where neurofilament light might be a readout. I think that perhaps already during spring we could see such um, biomarker changes. So that, to me that would be perhaps the first time um, biomarker for neurodegeneration has moved in a neurodegenerative disease in a way that might predict treatment response. And if that happens in, for example, Huntington, I think that would be very helpful to... Um, the Alzheimer research field and the frontotemporal dementia research field uh, and so because then we could start to look at well how quickly did the biomarker normalize or did it normalize completely or was it to a certain degree what degree was enough to see a clinical benefit in, in the long run such things would be possible to address if this happens I don't know if it will happen but I feel very hopeful that it will happen then we just have to have good uh, therapies against Alzheimer's disease also. But um, uh, th- then, of course, my hope is that the biomarkers will help to select those more yeah. effectively than we do at the moment. Great. Well, let's hope that's in the not-so-distant future. Mm. And thank you very much for joining us. Thanks a lot.